You're listening to Cortez Community Radio, CKTZ 89.5 FM. I'm Dee Clark, and this is Cortez Currents, which you can also access in text form at cortezcurrents.ca. Public opinion and federal and provincial policy are finally swinging at the 11th hour towards protection of the pathetic remnants of BC's old-growth forest, and possibly even to reform of forest management practice. In response, the timber and pulp industry appears to be mounting a last-ditch PR effort to defend its traditional extractive model and to discredit its most vocal critics. One fingerprint of this effort could be found in a recent Times Colonist Opinion editorial by Alice Palmer. Published on April 20th, her article reassures readers that The supposed fact that less than 3% of BC's productive old growth remains standing, and the implicit suggestion that we're about to lose that too, are both patently untrue. There is actually much more old growth left, and the majority of it is protected from logging. Ms. Palmer goes on to define old growth. She then cites some statistics from forestry consultants, reports from 2020 and 2021, but without any authors, titles, or links. One set of data indicates concern because only about 3% of our old growth still stands. The other is far more reassuring and claims it's more like 25%. Nothing to worry about. Ms. Palmer strongly implies in her article that the first set of numbers was arrived at by outmoded methods, whereas the second set is state-of-the-art science. And therefore, we can relax, knowing BC's old growth is safe. She ends with the now industry standard condescending pat on the head for activists. Before risking your life for the cause, I beg you, please read the science first. You'll be glad you did. Is this the best the timber industry can do to fend off its critics? A few quick clicks are all it takes to cast a little shade on this sunny picture. First, we might consider the source. Ms. Palmer's published title of Independent Forest Industry Researcher sounds on the surface as though she might be a public intellectual in a watchdog role researching the forest industry like uh, Ralph Nader, who independently researched the U.S. automotive industry in his day, or Alexandra Morton, who has dedicated her career to researching the Atlantic salmon CAFO industry. But a quick perusal of her LinkedIn CV, which is available in PDF form in the online version of this article, reveals that Palmer's UBC degree in forest resources management was earned in the mid-90s, nearly 30 years ago now, and her professional activities since then have centered on marketing, marketing analysis, providing market intelligence, managing market communications, mostly for lumber products. My PhD research examined how pulp and paper companies have been strategically repositioning themselves in response to the global shift from paper-based to digital communications. The results of my study helped participant companies, including the research sponsor, design their own repositioning strategies. In other words, 
this independent forest industry researcher is actually a freelance marketing and PR consultant with a history of working for the timber and pulp industry. Independent only in the sense of being hired by contract rather than directly on the payroll. The media literate reader at this point may be wondering whether this op-ed in the Times Colonist is a truly personal opinion, or is it an example of the market communications that Ms. Palmer's LinkedIn profile says she manages for her clients? We live in a time of hasty, excessive, and often overly casual media consumption. All of us have at one time or another skimmed some misleading advertorial and, as a result, been mildly misinformed. Nevertheless, it's risky for professional PR agents to assume that no reader will actually follow a link or check a reference. Ms. Palmer's citations sound respectable and even-handed. One study says this, another study says that. But if we peer at them a little more closely, a few suggestive details emerge. The foresight study by Cam Brown, to which she refers, and from which some of her text is drawn nearly verbatim, was given a splashy release in October 2021. The press kit prompted articles in many local papers, including our very own Campbell River Mirror, by the indefatigable anti-environmentalist Tom Fletcher. But perhaps even more showcasing occurred in trade, industry, and investment news sites such as Business Intelligence. The Council of Forest Industries, COFI, fears the public isn't getting an accurate picture of how much old growth is left in BC on the Crown Harvest land base, so it commissioned an independent forestry consulting firm, for site consultants, to do another assessment of old growth in BC, and it arrived at a very different number, 30%, not 3%. So what is COFI, C-O-F-I? It's the BC Council of Forest Industries, a PR group funded by many of the major timber companies, including Interfor, Weyerhaeuser, Western Forest Products, and, oh yes, Mosaic, the company even now, controversially, planning to recommence industrial logging on significant chunks of Cortez Island. Readers and listeners should visit Kofi's website and draw their own conclusions. On my personal opinion, their site is 100% greenwash, Anyway, a typical industry PR front group, Kofi, paid for a study that would cherry-pick and massage some data to support business as usual and deflect public concerns about their activities. There's nothing new here. This is a standard business strategy, has been for decades, for businesses that can afford the service, anyway. But it seems less than transparent for Ms. Palmer in her op-ed not to mention that this cheerful study was commissioned by a timber industry coalition or to name Kofi as the sponsor of the study. Earlier coverage of this report did not omit its provenance. It's also perhaps worth noting that Foresight Consultants is based in the interior, and all the projects currently listed on their website involve BC interior forests, not coastal forests. Interior logging seems to be their core expertise. So how was their new super-optimistic figure arrived at? There was some redefinition of terms, 
but also some lumping together of all BC forests, dryland interior, far northern taiga, temperate coastal rainforest. Suppose we counted as old growth the venerable but stunted jack pines hanging on near treeline in our many mountain ranges, plus the vast tracts of far northern stubble forest, neither of which any timber company has the least interest in, then BC does have a lot more old growth than activists claim. But today's activists are not talking about high alpine or ragged taiga. They're talking about a very specific kind of old growth, intact stands of intensely productive, mature, temperate rainforest in the southern coastal region. This is a specific biome, and in 2016, Sierra Club researchers were already warning us that biome was on the verge of collapse. Now, if you visit the online version of this article, a couple of maps are included. I'm going to have to describe them because this is radio. The maps show Vancouver Island and the adjacent section of the mainland. Mature old growth is shown in a very dark green on the maps and more recent second growth and third growth are shown in much lighter colors. If you look at the map drawn by the Sierra Club researchers, you will see there is almost no dark green on it. There's a, a spot here, there's a spot there. Almost everything is, is light green of second and third growth. That map is 10 years old now. Even more old growth has been logged since it was drawn. Now we have another map an historical recreation of how much mature old growth there was before Anglo-Euro settlers commenced serious commercial exploitation of the forest. And this other map, almost all of Vancouver Island is a solid dark green. Huge swaths of the mainland are a solid dark green. So there's a, a very significant contrast between these two maps, and I uh, recommend that you visit the online version of the article to see them for yourself. Ms. Palmer's article invites us to believe that the amount of dark green on the first map is 25% of the amount on the second map, and it clearly is nowhere near that, not even close. It was perhaps an unfortunate choice of Ms. Palmer's to cite studies by Viridian Ecological Consulting, Based in Nelson, B.C., Viridian appears to be an independent consulting company. They don't exclusively serve the timber industry, unlike Foresight, and they seem to have some experience in the survey and analysis of coastal forest ecosystems, not just interior. Anyone casually exploring Viridian's publications will quickly come across a PDF dated January 2022, that is later than the other Viridian reports Ms. Palmer mentions, and this report is quite plainly titled, How Much Big-Treed Old-Growth Forest Remains in B.C. You can find this paper on the Old Growth and Resilience page on their website. This report was written expressly to convey Viridian's dissatisfaction and their concern with the much-publicized Cam Brown report commissioned by Kofi. The online version of this article includes a screenshot of the first page of this PDF. Cam Brown's report, the one from 2021, the one whose soothing conclusions Ms. Palmer invites us to accept uncritically, and I quote, concerns us as ecologists. 
because it relies on three fallacies that have dogged the implementation of sound forest management over recent decades. Now, here are the three fallacies from the Viridian Report. Number one, the Brown Report equates all forest types, suggesting that there is no subset of ecologically different old forest at high risk, and hence no need to consider different forest types for analysis and management. Number two, it ignores that current policy directs protection away from these most at-risk forests. And number three, it equates protection with area outside the timber harvesting land base, ignoring the very different management status of these two designations and the very differing distribution of forested ecosystems typically found inside and outside the THLB. Listeners may wish to peruse the rest of this PDF publication from Viridian, i.e. read the science that is not bought and paid for by the timber industry, and make your own evaluation of the Kofi-funded study and of BC's situation with regard to our old growth. Both in the October 2021 press release cycle and in this latest op-ed, the timber industry's PR agents have emphasized the theme of modern and up-to-date, implying that their analysis is the most recent, it's the last word. They're pushing the message that forest activists are working from obsolete data, and their passionate urgency is therefore misinformed, not science-based. Even as Ms. Palmer acknowledges that, quote, the numbers are still up for debate, she nevertheless concludes that the debate is now over, and our increasingly scary assessments of remaining coastal old growth over the last 20-plus years are misleading. And yet, the 2022 publication from Viridian suggests this debate is far from over. Is Ms. Palmer's op-ed the industry's response to Viridian's 2022 publication? Or was she merely unaware of its existence? As published, her article appears to try to sweep the latest Viridian report under the rug and pretend that the Kofi report remains unchallenged. The omission of links, authors, titles, and other provenancing only adds to this unfortunate impression. If anyone is making misleading claims, in my personal opinion, it's the timber industry and its PR agents. And one more editorial comment. Shame on the Times columnist for not fully and explicitly disclosing the author's financial and professional affiliation with the timber and pulp industry. The opinion page is not traditionally held to the same standards as news reportage, but nevertheless, it should not become a free podium for advertorials promoting commercial interests. Not in my opinion. Please note that the voice samples used in this radio production are not real people. That is not the voice of Alice Palmer, nor is it the voice of any representative of any business magazine. These are synthesized computer voices generated by a text-to-speech algorithm. Just a reminder, the views and opinions heard on this program are not endorsed by Cortez Community Radio, its board, its staff, its membership, or any granting agency, but are those of the writer, producer, and guests.
And as always, thanks for listening.